you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Today on the show, we have Christine Dampus. Christine is a registered holistic nutritionist and certified hormone specialist operating from her business name, Wild Soul Wellness. She loves to dive deep with her clients, exploring food, movement, self-image, sex, relationships, and the interconnectedness of it all as women. Her vision is to help women connect with their authentic selves and feel good in their skin. She's a little bit housewife, a little bit hippie, and 100% badass gypsy soul. So you guys are going to love this episode with Christine. Christine is actually a former student of mine. So she went through the Visionary Method Summer School. And I am so proud of all that she's accomplished. And I just see such big things in Christine's future. And I do offer podcast segments to all of my students. So this was a fun way for us to catch up after she had completed the 90-day program. And it was just amazing to chat with her about how she came to become a registered holistic nutritionist. And we really dove into a lot of the nitty gritty of how she's running her business. So speaking of the visionary method, if those of you who are listening have not joined This program runs every 90 days and it is an online business coaching program that I run and it's compromised of six modules, everything from building your belief in your business and your leadership skills to creating your online offer and marketing it and selling it and building community community. So it really is an A to Z process that I coach you through in order to bring your ideas to life. So if you want to learn more about the visionary method, I would highly suggest go to kelseyridle.com slash waitlist and you can learn all about it there and see if the program is right for you because we are starting in January and you do not want to miss this round. It'll be the first one of 2020. So in this episode with Christine, we chat about her journey from hating her body all the way to launching a health and wellness business. We talk about how she enrolled at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and why she dove in with both feet. We share how she markets her business, Wild Soul Wellness, today and why Instagram is her favorite way to connect with people. Christine talks about how she got her first clients as a wellness practitioner, which I know so many people are curious how that process happens and so much more. So for all the details, you can head to my website and look through the show notes for everything we discussed. And you can find Christine online at Wild Soul Wellness on Instagram. And there's a link to her Facebook group. It's private inside of the show notes today. Thank you to this week's show sponsor, Healthy Planet. So I know that this time of year can make us feel stressed, overwhelmed, a little bit fatigued from all those holiday plans. And I'm sure that some of you are nodding along going, yep, that's definitely what I'm experiencing right now. So I want to let you in on a little secret to how I help overcome those emotions after a crazy December holiday season. And of course, Snuggling Abbey is my main squeeze, but second to that is my diffuser and my essential oils. So I love that essential oils like frankincense or lavender or peppermint can in 
instantly shift the mood in a home, in your office, or wherever you're spending your time. And the place I love to purchase my essential oils is at Healthy Planet. So they have such an amazing selection, tons of different brands from Now to Aroma Force to New Roots, and you can really get your pick of top quality essential oils at Healthy Planet. And the other thing I love about shopping at Healthy Planet is I can actually do all of my online ordering and it just ships right to my doorstep. So if you're not lucky enough to be close to one of the 30 and growing stores that they have across Ontario, then you can always just head to healthyplanetcanada.com and place that online order. And one more thing I want to share with you, you can use the code VISIONARY10, that's VISIONARY10, at checkout to save 10% off any online order that's a minimum of $49. So go there, do your Christmas shopping, grab a diffuser, grab some essential oils, they make the perfect gift. All right, so before we dive into this episode with Christine, I just want to share a brief five to 10 minute segment where I am chatting with my husband, Dave. You'll remember that he's been on the show before talking about his journey launching a promotional video business, and we're just going to catch up. So if you want to know how that's been going, then tune in. And after that, we will dive into the episode. Dave, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a hot while since you've joined us. Where mm-hmm. have you been? Well, I've been living with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and recording your own podcast, I yeah, guess. Yeah, busy recording my own podcast. It's been fun. And busy doing some actual video shoots and promotional videos. Yeah. Believe it well, or not. Thanks for that awesome segue. Um, so for anyone tuning in, Dave came on the show probably uh, two to three times in the last six months. And we we really just talked about the transition towards launching a business. And in Dave's case, uh, kind of a media business doing drone footage and promotional videos. And we really talked about how you can balance that while working full time when you're not necessarily wanting or ready to make a leap into full-time entrepreneurship or freelance, but you kind of are feeling that void and you want to start a side hustle. And channel your creative energy doing something you love and something you care about. And in your case, Dave, do you want to just share like what those modalities have been for you? Like Mm -hmm. for anyone listening who just has no idea what your passions are, give us the rundown of where you were channeling that creative energy. Yeah. So I say the video side and the podcast side both came, I mean, the podcast was more recent and probably something to do with you, but that was that's been more of a, a passion project, just something I enjoy doing. Talking sports on having an outlet to do it with other people has been great. I haven't looked to monetize that. I know there's been some thought maybe we could do something with it, but for right now, that's been an outlet. It's like okay, you know, it's different than what I'm doing on a day to day basis, and allows me to be creative or do something different. Um, the video side, though, is something that I've been doing since I was young, but never thought of it anything. You know, just putting a video camera up and recording each other skateboard when you're 12 and then growing up and starting to take it a little more seriously than realizing, Hey, you know, this is a void for other people and they're looking for uh, video content as a source of digital marketing. And maybe you could, maybe I could sell this product. And it's been probably two solid years or at least a year and a half in the making of, okay, I have the equipment. Okay. I'm making stuff more or less for myself or you not really putting myself out there. And now um, now I've done two actual promotional videos for, um, one for a golf course and one for an indoor golf simulator. And they both went really well. I learned a lot, um, and made, made a little bit of money, which is kind of cool. Never thought I would make money off this. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to see now there, when you open up to it, there's a void of, uh, of, uh, people maybe in this area I'm in. There's, I found there's a lot of people doing promotional videos, but maybe not the level I am where you know, a smaller business isn't looking for a $10,000 investment to make a video. And I can kind of, I can jump in there and give them a, give them something to use online as well as I can build a portfolio. So we have this, we have this relationship with small businesses where I can kind of help out and they can help me. It's been really good so far. Mm -hmm. And so just to rewind for the listeners who are still a little bit lost in this story. So you had this skill set of, I don't like, would you call it a skill set of being really, um, I don't know, just yeah, good I, at using a camera I, and yeah. 
you're keen with audio engineering. And a lot of this you have self-taught. Like I've seen you take some official courses, but a lot of these Mm -hmm. are self-taught skills. And I talk about this all the time that we live in the knowledge economy right now, where ultimately if you know something that someone else doesn't, for example, you know how to make a promo video and someone else doesn't, they're willing to pay you for that skill. Yeah. In my career path, it's been, hey, I self-taught myself social media. I had this skill set and a lot of companies recognized in me that they didn't know social media and they could outsource it to Mm -hmm. me and they would pay me money for a skill that I taught myself. So this is the coolest thing that we do live in the knowledge economy. And that's why I empower so many people to pursue passion projects. Um, But for you, yeah, a lot of this was self-taught. And then I think another important thing to paint the picture of is that you did invest some money up front in getting the necessary equipment. Mm -hmm. um, Because even though you are really selling your knowledge um, and your skill set, there are still going to be some upfront costs. And so you were able to pay for that through maintaining your full-time job, which you still manage to this day, um, so that you could bootstrap your passion project. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it's working one income so that you can fuel another business that you're creating, right? You never put yourself at total financial risk by saying, hey, I'm going to go all in with these promo videos. You are on a journey right now of building this into what is hopefully going to become a small digital media agency, right? Um, So that's just kind of some foundational principles. So let's talk about um, you getting your first real clients. You kind of Mm -hmm. mentioned that a few minutes ago, but For a lot of people, that's the scariest thing is how the hell am I going to get my first client? So I just want to hear from your perspective, what was the story of getting that first client who paid you for your services? Right. So I think I don't, it's a benefit and also a burden. The fact that when you have a a full-time job or or another income, you're not really forced to look for it that often. So it can kind of delay you, but also you know, you don't feel that financial stress. So exactly. I, I don't know, it pulls both directions. But um, I had this stuff and I was doing it on a small level. And then I just decided, okay, like I want to go get, uh, I want to go get a client and, and do some work for them. And I had my eyes set on this golf course that I'd played at and knew the people fairly well. So I said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I want to do a promotional video for you. Here are my, here's I'm willing to charge. Very, so you pitched yourself. I pitched myself, yeah, over email. Um, that simple, like you just yeah, fired off an email. Yeah, after a relationship I had built with, uh, I mean, I, I used to work with these guys for, since I was like 12. Anyways, didn't hear anything from them, nothing. Okay, that's an important, so yeah, rejected yeah. right away. <laughs> so not only rejection, just, just crickets. Ghosted. Yeah, so I was kind of like, damn, uh, at, at first, I mean, I was offering this guy borderline free service um, to make them a video that, I thought would help them. Anyways, didn't hear anything. Uh, ended up playing in another golf tournament. Reached out to that guy who I didn't know very well, but under the same umbrella of courses. So it's the same owner, um, but they own like 50 courses in the KW region or something like that. So I reached out to him. And I said, hey, you know, I had a great time. I was organizing the tournament. I said, I had a great time organizing the tournament, blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested in a promotional video for your website? I noticed some other courses within your umbrella have this. We could do something similar. And, you know, here's a very... F- not even close to fair. It was I, I was pretty much giving away my services to build my portfolio. But regard- which is uh, an absolutely yeah. normal thing to do, right? When you get those first few clients. And what I've found though is, e- even if you want to build a portfolio, put put a small number on it because people will take you more seriously, and you won't. They won't. You won't even get your project done unless you put. Even if it's fifty bucks, you or have to bucks. feel like you're being, yeah, financially you know, valued like you said, in some way. Make a contract, do things so that you know they want to get it done. It just it helps everybody, not just you. It's actually so that they're invested as well. Anyways, um, so he reached out back to me. It was a very slow process. I was like, yeah, very interested. Okay, like when can you come out? Set it up. Went there, did it. It went great. Um, and then like within a week, I was on Facebook, which I'm rarely on, but I was on Facebook and another guy that I had known from the golf industry back in the day had posted, uh, Hey, looking for someone to do a promotional video, um, for a indoor golf simulator. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I could definitely do that. I'll, I messaged him privately and I said, you know, here's what I can offer you cost wise. I mean, I, l- I looked at some of the suggestions that people had linked and they were, they're amazing promotional video companies, amazing agencies, but they're charging thousands of dollars. Right. And I know the guy and that's not what he was willing to spend. So I kind of, uh, 
I don't know how you say it, but I, I, I placed myself in his market and said, okay, like I can come in at this price and do everything and more that all these other places would. Will it look as polished? Probably not, but that's kind of the symbiotic relationship between building a portfolio and them getting a good deal. Anyways, went really well, did one for them. So now I've got two under my belt within like a week. Um, took a long time to edit them. I learned a lot looking back, things I would change and things that went really well. But no, it, it literally was very grassroots of somebody posting on Facebook, me being in tune to it and mm-hmm. uh, just, yeah, reaching out, emailing people. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry. And I think that's what I really want to draw from your whole story here. And we're going to continue this story on next week's podcast as well, because we're just going to keep this short, um, just to give you all an update. But I think the key lesson that we can learn from your experience thus far is that people aren't just going to come flocking to you and say, hey, I, I saw you're doing promo videos. Can I give you all the money to make mine? You have to go seek out the opportunities yeah. in the early days. And for you, that was emailing a past employer of yours and saying, I'll basically do this for free. And in the other case, you were scrolling Facebook and you were keenly aware of someone making a post that was requesting that, right? If you wouldn't have responded to that post, you wouldn't have got the gig. So no. you have to plant seeds in order to harvest. So yeah, not all these things are going to work out. You might email five golf courses next year yeah. and none of them will respond back. That's normal. That's the harvest. Yeah, but what you're building then is you're building confidence in your work. You're building you're building relationships. You're, you're just growing beyond as a company you're also growing as a person and your skills to be able to communicate like i don't know i think the hardest thing for anybody i knew it was for me just putting yourself out there like yeah. was i confident i can do this yeah like I, I knew i could do this i knew i could build a promotional video when it's not to me that's not the most challenging thing in the world uh, and i enjoy doing it but putting yourself out there and emailing people and yeah getting turned away on basically free work is kind of like huh what do it you mean? is but it happens and it yeah. definitely just builds character and uh, reminds you that you constantly have to be on the lookout for those clients so amazing okay well let's wrap it up here i think on the next episode so next week i want to share a little bit more about what you're doing now to make this business more official mm-hmm. right to actually get a process and a website because so, i think that's a, that's a spot where a lot of people are hung up right maybe they mm-hmm. had a little taste of business but they're like what next and then uh, following that episode, maybe we can get get you back on to talk about what some of your goals for the coming six months are. So thanks for giving us the update. You're welcome. And let's get into today's episode. Christine, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. This is so fun to chat because probably been almost a month now since uh, the Visionary Method summer school ended. So mm. I've kind of been missing you and <laughs> hearing your life updates and connecting with you inside our Facebook group. So selfishly, I was very much looking forward to this chat and thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm excited too. Have you ever done a podcast before? I haven't. No. Oh my gosh. I love being the first one. That's so awesome. Okay. So all of the shows start off with some rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can just answer whatever comes to mind. Does that sound good? For sure. All right. So where did you grow up? So I grew up in a little town south of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, The town is called Letelier. Okay. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. It's, it's, most people haven't. It's very, very small. It's just North of the U S border. So yeah. What's the population? Like how small are we talking? Mm, I'm terrible with populations, but I want to say like maybe a hundred, maybe. Oh, so it's really small. (laughs) Like really, really small. Like, yeah, there's, it's, it's, well, it's almost a ghost town now. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why you don't live there anymore. I don't (laughs) know. Is there a person, a podcast, or maybe a book that's really impacted your life? Ooh, that that one's a little bit tough. Um, I'd say that because my interests are so wide and varied that I've been impacted by many different people, podcasts, and books. So just kind of taking what other people are teaching and applying it in my life uh, in ways that have felt authentic to me has in general made a big impact on my life. a couple off the top of my head, though, I really have loved learning from Randy Moss of Free Spirit Academy. Uh, she talks a lot about intuitive eating and body connection wisdom. She's 
fantastic for that. Um, I also love the book Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti. She kind of got me into the whole cycle syncing and uh, learning about my body and, you know, connecting to the female cycle. That's something that I have definitely impacted my life. And just women who are fearless in the pursuit of pleasure and being authentic to themselves and very inspired by strong, passionate people. So yeah. Mm, very good recommendations. I'll have to check out that book because I've heard of her as an author, but I've never actually read the book. So it's very good. Tip. Yeah. <laughs> what is one thing you do every single day that is non-negotiable? As simple as it sounds, brushing my teeth. Like I, I'm not a creature of habit, but if I do not brush my teeth first thing in the morning or every day, I, I can't start my day. It's just something that I have to do. So that's the uh, probably the one thing that I consistently do every single day that's not negotiable. Are you a tongue scraper or no? No, I mean I brush my tongue, but I've never done like tongue scraping. I've been oh, curious my gosh. about it. Though. You I, you have to buy one. Like yeah? it to me is life-changing. I started maybe when I graduated nutrition school seven years ago and I've never missed a day. Interesting. And it's the first thing I do like before I brush my teeth and I don't know what it is, but it's just the most like rewarding routine that just I have. So satisfying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you might be on that train too. Well, I might, I might start, I might head up onto that train yet. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. <laughs> um, is there a business skill that you're currently working on improving? Uh, this kind of goes back to the whole not being a creature of habit, but scheduling in my tasks and sticking to it. I'm the queen of procrastinating. And the fact that I procrastinate and am still able to get the job done is the whole reason I continue to procrastinate. Um, so yeah, coming up with a schedule in my work especially is something that I'm working on for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely an important one to master, but it's really challenging sometimes when you just want to be a go with the flow person, but you know that that doesn't always lead yeah. to the end result that you need. Absolutely. Is there a favorite snack that you like to eat when you're short on time? For the last little bit, I would say that my favorite snack has been seed cycling balls. I've started doing seed cycling about a month or two ago and well, I was doing it about a year ago too and stopped for a while, but I keep them in my freezer and I have one a day anyway, just for hormone health. And that is my favorite snack because I'm not a huge snacker, but I know that if I'm not hungry first thing in the morning, I'm not ready for breakfast. I'll bring a seed cycling ball with me and usually a fruit as well, like an apple or something. And that is just my favorite go-to snack. Are these like energy balls kind of with dates and Yeah, nuts? they are made with seeds and dates and coconut mostly, some coconut oil, um, and they're delicious. I love them. Mm, that sounds so good. Right now I'm very hungry because I just got <laughs> back from the gym, so I'm like salivating. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so let's zoom the lens back a little bit because I want the listeners to kind of get a picture of where you were before you started Wild Soul Wellness. So your story I read on your website starts, in my opinion, like many young girls. And you wrote something that I found really interesting. You said, I've spent most of my life hating my body. And I really relate to that. I mean, mm -hmm. as women, especially we grow up and we're kind of taught to just through the media and through the conversations we have with friends that we're not good enough and we should always be trying to change. So it's something that uh, really resonated with me, but I'm just wondering, can you explain, like, take us back to that time in your life and what you meant by that? Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was kind of an all encompassing thing. There was the body component. There was hating my personality, but I would say like from the very beginning growing up, um, I was a very outspoken wild little girl and I was often described as selfish and opinionated and stubborn. Um, I often felt like I should be more like my sister who she was described more as quiet, shy and a people pleaser. And she was also naturally thin while I was a little bit rounder, but not overweight. Um, my body was just something from a very young age that I compared to other girls my age and uh, that I was very self-conscious about. I remember starting to grab at my stomach when I was even in grade three and picked up a lot on diet mentality from my mom around that same age. Um, I grew up with my mom talking about diet mentality quite a bit, her always being in, on diets. And so I think that was something that I had adopted from a very young age. 
I think that she wanted us girls to not have to struggle with our body image like she had, but it ended up kind of working in the opposite way that was intended. Um, and around that time too, in elementary school, like I got bullied a little bit and, you know, just didn't quite felt like I fit in. So I always felt like, you know, I'm either too much of something or not enough of something else. And so growing up, I developed this hatred of myself. Like, why couldn't I just be, you know, like the other girls or why couldn't I be thin or why couldn't I be prettier or uh, why couldn't, why am I so outspoken and, and opinionated? Why do I have to argue with everybody? And um, even into my teenage years and young adulthood, I would have, I had had a couple ex-boyfriends who would get frustrated um, with the fact that I would always change interests. Like I, I would get frustrated with myself, the fact that I had all these different interests. And so they would get frustrated as well, like would just pick something and stick to it. And so that kind of also contributed to making me really insecure about who I was as, as a person, just constantly wanting to change my personality and my body. And, and it just, it definitely made me hate who I was as a person. I couldn't connect to who I was at all. How long did that stick with you? Like, was there a year in your life that you, you feel like you started to mend this or be aware of that fact that you wanted to change or evolve? Yeah, I would pinpoint it back to about seven years ago. I had ended a toxic relationship and I ended up moving away to Brandon where I live now. And uh, it was a fresh start for me. I didn't know anybody. I um, felt super empty after having you know, gone through a relationship that wasn't supportive to growth at all. Um, and so I had decided to start seeing a therapist and she had actually introduced me to the concept of persona therapy. Um, so as we would talk about my past and my present, she would start picking out these different parts of me and we would label them. So for example, there was this housewife persona who loves cooking for family and friends, who loves hosting people and keeping a tidy home. And then there was like the inner child who expresses herself through worry and hesitation. And there was this hippie side who loves connecting with the earth and who actually, that's the part of me that is so interested in nutrition and who loves sitting in the grass barefoot, listening to live local music and the goddess who loves wearing lingerie under my clothes and getting dressed up and wearing heels and lipstick and feeling kind of flirty. And so as we started picking out these different personas, um, it, it got me to be able to see them from an outside perspective and I was able to connect with them and actually express how much I liked those different personas, which then had me realize like, Oh, those are different parts of me. That's, that's me that I'm talking about right now. And so it helps me to see that I am a multifaceted person rather than one that, you know, one day I'm happy and the next day I'm sad and then hating myself for feeling sad or not happy every day. I was able to more flow through the different personas and appreciate them when they express themselves in it. It helped me to not feel like, you know, I'm pulling in all of these different directions. And once I was able to connect with those different personas, that's kind of where I discovered and was able to connect more with um, like self-respect and then being able to set boundaries and then treating myself with respect. And then it kind of snowballed into, you know, not, not taking shit from other people. And, you know, it, it helps me to develop more of a relationship with myself and seeing myself as somebody that maybe I could love one day. And, it pulled me out of this self-hatred and, and along with that then came the, you know, wanting to, if I respected myself, I also wanted to respect my body. I started wanting to, you know, treat my body with respect because I had this growing self-love. And I mean, I should probably mention like this was over a span of years. Like I, it started with the persona therapy seven years ago and it's just snowballed since. And I feel like, even now I'm, while I have a strong relationship to self now and to my body, it's something that I'm constantly, it's my foundation. You know, if new people come into my life, I don't get triggered by things that they may say if they don't like who I am, or maybe they prefer somebody a little bit different. It's, I feel like, okay, well, I've got my back. I'm good with me. I've developed this relationship to myself and I feel so much more secure in who I am now compared to who I was seven years ago.
Mm, that's such a good story. I love that you say too that you kind of recognized at one point that it's okay to be multifaceted. And I think probably through your therapist teaching you the personas, the different personas that we all embody, you mm. recognize like I do have many different facets to me. And I think a lot of people, um, like their unhappiness sometimes stems from the fact that they feel trapped in a box and that they're mm. only able to be one facet of themselves because maybe that's what their partner knows of them or that's what their friends um, kind of reward in them. And, or maybe it, it relates to the jobs that they're working and they feel like they can only have one career path and it has to always be that way. But when you recognize that as human beings, most of us are quite dynamic and multifaceted, it gives yourself permission, I think, yeah. to be many sides of you, right? Like we're always evolving. We're always learning. We're always growing. And if we're staying the same, that that's weird. So um, I I think think that's, that's key is the, the permission piece of it is that once you realize that, you know, okay, these are all parts of me. If I have this like angsty side that likes listening to like Lincoln Park and, you know, (laughs) going on road trips and you have like this angst, you you detach it from, you you see it more as this person. You can paint it as this picture instead of like, oh, I'm in a grumpy mood. I need to get out of it. It's more like, no, we want to sit here and this feels really good. Like I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not hurting myself. I'm kind of sitting in this like badass angsty persona right now, listening to my music. And then once you feel it and are able to enjoy it, you kind of move on to the next one. And, And it keeps you from getting upset about something that's just part of you. And yeah, it's that permission piece of I can be this way because this is me. And I actually love that part of me. I love being able to express myself in that way. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what role, if any, do you think your move to a city where you didn't know anyone, like, did that have a big part in your journey? Was that a pivotal moment of being um, confident in reinventing yourself or, or finding a new path. I'm just curious because I've heard stories of other people making moves to mm-hmm. places unknown and having a, a profound impact on their life. I do think so. I think because, I mean, nobody knew me when I moved here. And so it was kind of a clean, fresh slate. Um, that being said, I'm very much a chameleon. And so the people that I'm around, I would, I can pick up on the things that they're doing. And if it's something that I enjoy, I immerse myself in it. And so that was something moving here made a big impact of being able to maybe express myself in the way that was authentic to me, but also being able to discover different parts of me via meeting different people who had different interests and then recognizing like, like, for example, I I'm a huge music nerd. I absolutely love music. And I, that is not something that I recall ever really connecting with before I moved here and started hanging out with people who played music and wrote music and who were very musical based. And so having that chameleon personality, I found that moving to a brand new place and immersing myself with different people and even now meeting new people, if they have different interests and I learn about them because I'm a very curious person, it helps me to uncover these different interests of my own. And it just helps me to grow even more into who I'm meant to be, who I'm, I'm, you know, becoming in the future. And so, yeah, starting fresh was, I think that was a, a big piece in not only discovering my passion for nutrition, but also figuring out all of these different hobbies and interests that I had that I didn't know I had. Mm, yeah, I, I only ask you that because I have a similar story of moving um, seven years ago to Toronto and I felt like, yeah, my life radically changed because mm-hmm. kind of like you, I didn't know anyone and I had to, yeah, figure out what my interests and passions were in order to meet people and it just really forced me out of my shell in a, a way that I feel like I may not have done yeah. had I stayed in place. Absolutely. So. Um, Okay. So you moved to Brandon, you're in this new town. Is that when you start pursuing your career path in wellness or like what was your career path at this point? Were you working? I was working. I'd always worked for government agencies and mostly in the health field. So doing admin work, like I was doing office work. Um, That is where my background is. I'm an extremely organized, detail-oriented person. And so working in an office is something that I've always done as an adult. And 
so when I started working in Brandon, I wanted some type of familiarity. So I ended up working uh, for mental health services here. Um, and then when I got into nutrition, that wasn't until, well, it was kind of a random find. I was binging Netflix and ended up on a documentary, um, Food Matters. And yeah. so <laughs> I watched that documentary and I had seen it before, but something had clicked this time. And it was, yeah, within the first few months of me living here. And so I watched this documentary and all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I, it had never occurred to me that you could change your physiology and change your health based off of things that you were putting into your body. Like that was just a foreign concept. It was kind of like a light bulb moment. I, I always knew that eating vegetables was important, but I had never thought about nutrition beyond needing to eat empty calories in order to be skinny. Like it was very much from a diet mentality. So yeah, this like Netflix binge of health documentaries kind of opened up everything. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, I want to pursue something beyond what I'm doing right now. And so what did you do? So you got this curiosity. I know many listeners are in a similar spot, so they're working a full-time job and you know, mm -hmm. something piques their interest and they have new um, passions or things are starting to consume them, whether it's different types of movies or books. But it's a whole other step to say, I'm going to try and make this into something or further my learning. So what did, what did you do to turn this you know, interest in watching the movie Food Matters into eventually enrolling to study more about this? Definitely. And because of my background of having so many varied interests and never, you know, as they say, sticking to anything, I was very cautious before I had even enrolled in school. So I ended up yeah, getting my hands on any resources that I could. I watched documentaries. I, I did my own research. I started following different blogs. I started, you know, looking up different, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Podcasts, like all of this information. I was kind of immersing myself in it because I wanted to know more and I wanted to give myself time to really sit in it and see if this is something I wanted to pursue. Um, so after a while I started looking up, okay, well, what are my options? What do I want to study? Did I want to go to school to become a dietitian? And then it wasn't, it wasn't quite what rung true for me. So I was like, well, let's, you know, keep our options open. And that's kind of when I discovered, uh, the Canadian school for natural nutrition. That's when I ended up finding their website and looking through what, we would all be studying if I decided to enroll in this program. And then I sat on that for a while um, before actually deciding to enroll and, and move forward with it. And so um, because I'm in Manitoba and there aren't any physical schools in this province, I ended up doing it distance ed, which allowed me to continue to work full time. So that ended up being perfect for me. When you enrolled and started studying, did you have any idea what you were going to do with the certification or were you just doing it merely out of personal interest? It was, I knew I wanted to do something with it. I don't think I knew at that point what it was. Um, I definitely wanted personal knowledge um, and how to apply it to my life. I had always imagined that I would want to see clients one day. I actually had this whole Pinterest board created of I wanted to end up having this, you know, my own private practice and I wanted to have like a juice bar and I wanted to have a yoga studio and I wanted people to be able to have space to come garden and grow their own food. I wanted it to be very education based and I wanted to um, teach cooking classes and I had this huge vision of all of these different things that I wanted to do but they were they were mostly like I was daydreaming it you know kind of especially starting off with schooling I was I did school for two years distance ed and so I didn't really know what I wanted to do and take steps forward with, but I had like all of these dreams swirling around in my head of, of areas that I wanted to take it potentially. I love that. I think that's such a actionable tip for anyone listening. It's like, it's okay to dream if you're not sure what you want to do, like get that Pinterest board going and just yes. start pinning like wild ideas. I love that you had all these things swirling around in your mind. Um, and you started kind of putting them onto paper or pinning them onto your board just because that's where ideas begin, right? Like right. you have to do something that takes them out of your head. 
So I love to hear that. So mm -hmm. tell us what happened then when you graduated. What what did happen? Did you take action on pursuing um, putting your certification into action? Did you go to study at a different school? Uh, what were those few months like upon graduation? Yeah, I kind of jumped right in with both feet because I knew that if I waited and if I thought about it too much, I would be consumed with fear and I wouldn't move forward. So I actually had a friend who had a massage studio um, in a town just outside of Brandon and her and I had been talking and she was like, would you want to come see clients out of here? And I thought, okay, well, I'm taking advantage of this opportunity. Absolutely. And so I kind of jumped into it. I shortly after graduating, I think I had gotten my certification in April and I started seeing clients in May. Like it was right away. And I remember hearing, um, within the alumni group, the CSNN alumni group, people, you know, giving tips of you should find your niche, see who you'd want to work with. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't know who I wanted to work with. So for the first year after I graduated, I just saw anyone and everyone, anyone who was willing to come see me, I was happy to take on. And so with that experience, it helped me to narrow down more my niche. Now it took me about a year or two to figure it out. But for the first year, yeah, I just saw anyone and everyone. And I did a couple workshops. I taught people how to read nutrition labels. I then when I started to delve a little bit into intuitive eating after about a year of after graduation. Then I started, you know, I didn't want to make meal plans as much. I didn't want to tell people what to eat. I wanted to kind of teach them how to pay attention to their hunger and satiety cues and how to step away from diet mentality and restrictive eating. And so I had started teaching this body love and weight loss uh, workshop. And so kind of getting people on board or curious about this idea that you do not have to restrict and you don't have to cut out your favorite foods and you don't have to um, follow a diet plan if you don't want to. You know, it was it was more coming from an education standpoint. And so that's what I did for the first year or two. Um, and it was fantastic. Like I remember leaving client sessions on such a high and being like, this is what I want to do. Um, I loved being able to connect with the clients and I still do. That is probably my favorite part of my job is sitting down and connecting. And when they have that light bulb moment and when something goes off, I'm able to teach them something about their bodies that maybe they had never considered before. It's just, it's like complete fuel for my soul. I just love it. Mm. So let's rewind a bit. Like, how did you get your first clients? Um, did you already have kind of a, a roster of people that wanted to work with you when you started offering sessions? What were your marketing efforts um, and how did you bring people through the door? Yeah. So how I started, I started with a Facebook page, I believe. Yeah, it was a Facebook page. And I got the word out, especially through um, the massage therapist friend. She had shared it on her page. She had a business page um, for this, uh, this, her business, her massage business. And so she shared it there. I shared it on my Facebook page, just letting people know that, hey, I'm here and I'm taking on clients. And um, there's not, there aren't any, I don't know if there is still now, but I knew that when I started a couple years ago, there weren't any holistic nutritionists in my area. There were a couple in Winnipeg, but that was about it. And so I knew that it was a new concept for people. Um, so it was mostly based off of social media. Like I just put it out there. People would share it. Um, I would do giveaways to get more traction so that people knew that I was there and that I was doing this. And I ended up having my first client on the first day that I wanted to start seeing clients, which was May 17th. I believe it was two years ago, unless time has completely passed me by. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I got started was with a Facebook page. That's so cool. And have you always kind of had that belief in yourself? Like I can do this, I'll, I'll open this clinic and, and I'll be good to go. Or is that something you struggled with? Um, where was I, your mindset at? I kind of always just, I've gone for it. And then it's yes. not until I say yes or get things in motion that I'm just like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> and it's something that my mom has told me growing up too. She's like, you are one of the only people that I know who talks about what they want to do and then achieves it. 
and she'll she says it in a way that she's just like I don't know how it's how you do it you know you you talk about something and then you end up having it and maybe it's a form of manifestation that I, I didn't really know that I've ever had but I've just kind of if something is interesting to me or I'm curious about it I pursue it and when opportunities come up I say yes and I figure it out from there and most of the time I'm terrified like seeing seeing a client for the first time was absolutely terrifying even now if I'm meeting somebody for the first time I've never met them before I want to make sure so bad that I'm providing them with good information and something of value that I get nervous still now, but I've just always kind of said yes and then figured it out along the way. Mm, So good. Yeah. And you and I were talking just before recording about the phrase I was mentioning about the answer is yes. The question is how like (laughs) just, and I love that you say like, you've always been someone to just get what you want. And I think um, that's such an awesome quality to have and to cultivate. So if someone listening doesn't have that, it's just like you need to practice being decisive and practice believing that you can achieve anything you want. You just have to go for it. And um, even on the topic of saying like manifestation, like I think they're you know, manifestation isn't just sitting there saying, I want to eventually have a nutrition clinic and see clients because there's always more that goes on behind the scenes. When you have that manifestation in you, you start to talk to more people. You start to write blog posts about nutrition. You start to like the actions will come from believing that that thought is valid mm-hmm. and, and building community around it. So Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I just love to hear you tell that story. So, um, okay. So why don't you describe to the listener, where is your business at today? today. So there's a lot going on. I, for the most part, I am seeing clients one-on-one. Um, I am in the process of creating a program slash multiple programs. Um, so I do a lot of one-on-one work right now, which I absolutely love. I love being able to sit down and connect with my clients. Um, but I've also been invited to do more talking, um, do more, you know, checking into groups, going live in groups, um, and a lot of education pieces, which I love. Uh, so right now I would say that if you were to work with me one-on-one, you know, we're sitting down together and we're coming up with a plan together and it's, it's very personalized. Um, and then there's also creating plans. So what I do basically is I'm, it's all hormone balance based. And initially when I was trying to figure out what kind, I knew I wanted to put together a program. I just didn't know quite what that was yet. And so when I was putting together all of my ideas, I had this huge program in my head that I wanted to bring people into hormone balance. And I was completely overwhelmed with the task of putting it together. And it made me wonder if I was going to be overwhelming my clients as well. And so I started to think about breaking it down into pieces. So instead of having these different chapters in my program, I was like, what if I made them programs on their own and made it super, super supportive and I'm very much when it comes to my clients, a hand holder. And so making sure like, okay, how can we break down these tasks into small bite-sized pieces so that we're building habits over time instead of, you know, when I first started my business, it was very much like, okay, we're going to sit down. We're going to go over your whole health history, what your goals are. I'm going to provide you a report and then send you on way, which I kind of do the opposite now. Now we still do that thorough background, but I'm kind of more working with the client to break down like, okay, what are some things that we can take on today? What is one goal that we can work on for the next two weeks until you have it down before we start adding on other goals? And so that's kind of how I decided to um, make this, these programs is very much a supportive environment so that you're able to achieve your goals and you're able to see change. And I think that it, it can be a little bit, not scary, but for clients to see things from that perspective, because they want, a lot of times people want to see results immediately. And they think that in order to do that, they need to make all of these changes all at once, which in my experience has been overwhelming. I mean, when I dabbled in diet mentality for a huge part of my life, you know, you're all in until you're not. And then once you drop one thing, you drop everything. And so this is kind of like reversing that when it comes to doing one-on-ones and program work is 
you're starting really, really slow and you're building these habits so that when you look back six months from now, not only are you feeling differently in your body, but your lifestyle is changing and it doesn't feel like work. You just have to be willing to put in the time and so that you can see those benefits over the long run. Mm, So good. And have you now kind of defined your niche and your target market of who you work with? Or are you still kind of dabbling in helping all types of clients? I would say I've gotten a little bit more specific. Um, I'm still fairly broad, but I, I am focusing on working with women who are experiencing hormone imbalance. Um, I've got, I'm a certified, um, Oh, what's the word? <laughs> oh, a certified hormone specialist on top of my nutritionist designation. And so working with women to tune into their hormonal cycle is something that I really like working with. Um, but beyond that, I just, it, I mean, it was my vision from the beginning too, is I want to help people feel good in their skin. Um, I want them to feel at home in their bodies because I know what it's like to have hated my body and hated myself. And I find that if you're able to connect with your hormone cycle, you're able to connect not only with your body, but who you are as a person. Um, There are different hormones that play parts during different parts of your cycle. And so that can leave you feeling different ways emotionally and physically through the month. And I think being able to recognize that and connect with that helps women feel more comfortable with who they are. And so that's definitely the women that I work with now is women who are, you know, wanting to take their health into their own hands, wanting to do the work, are okay with being patient and knowing that it's going to take time to make these changes, um, especially ones who are dealing with symptoms of hormonal imbalance or ones that are wanting to connect with their body. Um, those are the type of women that I, I, I work with now. Mm, so awesome. Um, all right. So in terms of some business specifics, we're going to shift gears a little bit and just do some rapid fire with some questions um, about how you run your business. So let's start off with what is the best part about running your own business? I would say the best part is making the connections with people who are maybe not passionate, but who are interested in looking at their health from a different lens, looking at it from a holistic perspective. Um, I love being able to be flexible and adapt and grow with my clients using my experience to help somebody else. Is that something that I love to do? Um, Being able to be creative. I find that when you own your own business, you, you can adjust and make changes and evolve and I mean, you could be doing something totally different now that you were doing a year or two ago, and you could be doing something totally different in a few years from now that you're doing now. And I love that. I love that it can grow and evolve over time. Mm. And I guess that's the best for us people who are multifaceted, right? As we continue to learn and change it, it, you're right. It's so nice to be able to just modify your service offerings. Or if clients start to ask you for something totally different, you know that you can respond to that. And it really is an unlimited creativity associated with running businesses like we do. So it's pretty cool. Um, Is there a business or a business person that you're currently looking up to? Right now, I'm really loving um, a couple different people. I love Dr. Jolene Brighton and Alyssa Vitti. They both do work with uh, women in hormonal health, and the way that they put out this information is fascinating to me. I absolutely love it. Um, I also really love Becca Bristow. She's a dietitian who uh, also blogs and puts out YouTube videos, and she's somebody that I really look up to because she basically the way that she puts out her content is it's, it's her life experience. It's her, what she's doing on a daily basis, the products she's using, the things she's doing for her health, for her family. So you know that she's, she's doing these things in her life day to day. And so it's very inspiring um, to see someone doing those things for themselves when it comes to wellness and taking care of their family and, and kind of, you know, being somebody to look up to and, and, who walks the walk or talks the talk. And, you know, she, she actually does it in her day-to-day life. And, and I think that that's something that, you know, you don't feel like she's pushing anything on you. It's just, oh, this is what I'm doing and you can learn from it. And I absolutely love that. Yeah. That's totally what I love about this shift that's happened in the last 10 years from people being 
um, insane followers of celebrities to now mm-hmm. finding people who are like micro celebrities who have built a brand or a business or an online personality just based on like sharing their life and what yes. they truly do. Um, and I just find those types of people so much more interesting than a yeah. celebrity that's just pitching a product to me. So Absolutely. I'll definitely have to look up some of those names you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, what tool or object or ritual could you not live without in running this business? I would say my books. I, I love books. I keep them forever. They are like my little trophies. I love learning and growing myself so that I can better connect with my clients and the people around me. So I often refer back to my books, finding inspiration from them and how they can apply to myself and my clients. And they're, they're very well loved, my books. <laughs> Love it. I'm a total book nerd too. Um, (laughs) Except I get mine from the library. So I have to take them back at the end of three weeks. (laughs) Um, Right now, where are you focusing most of your marketing efforts? Is it online? Is it word of mouth? It's mostly online. Um, I am mostly active on Instagram. I feel like that's where I've been able to connect with people more. Um, Just, I don't know, something about the combination of image and caption is something I like to play with. And then you know, putting out stories and having people respond to them, you know, expressing that they feel the same way or they know that that's something that they've felt. Or I, I love playing around there. Uh, when I first started my business and I still very much take this with me is, was word of mouth on top of, you know, sharing stuff on Facebook is that, you know, if, if you're willing to share with a friend work that you've enjoyed, you know, working with me, that means more to me than anything that's telling me that, okay, I'm on the right track of being able to support you as a client. And so, um, I don't, I'm not salesy. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not on my social media saying, you know, work with me, work with me, work with me. Most of my clients who do work with me come to me because they have a friend who's worked with me and their, their, their friend tells tells them, you know, I think you would really connect with her. I think your personalities would mesh really well. And so most of the people that I work with have been because of that. And, and I love that. Well, that's definitely a true testament of an amazing service offered is when you don't have to be pushy, right? Yeah. You you just have people talking about you and referring your name. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, do you have any idea where you hope to be in five years time or beyond? That one's tricky. Um, I know. I, <laughs> I hate that question when people ask me, so I'm sorry. But it's interesting because it's just like you don't think about, often I find that I'm so what's my next move that I don't think about what is it that I want to be doing, you know, five, mm. 10, 20 years from now. Um, I think I've got a good feeling of, you know, wanting to put out these programs. I want to create a series of programs that really help women to connect with their body and feel good in their skin. So that's something that I hope to have developed over the next five years. Um, I want to continue evolving in my own self-care and being the best hormone goddess that I can be. Um, podcasting has actually been something that has piqued my interest recently. And I love being a, I love listening to podcasts. I love learning from them. I feel like it's so much more personal and you can listen to them while you're doing other things, which, you know, provides value to somebody's life when you're on the road, if you're driving. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's something I'll be dabbling in in the next five years too. I think that'd be super, super cool. And I would definitely be your first listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. So I've so enjoyed chatting with you. I feel like we could talk all day. <laughs> um, but I just want to wrap this up by planting where can we learn more about you your business, what you offer, and how people can work with you. For sure. So I'm active on Instagram. Um, I'm at Wild Soul Wellness, all one word. Um, and I share everything from Facebook or from Instagram, sorry, Instagram <laughs> onto my Facebook page. And so Facebook, I'm there as well, Wild Soul Wellness. And then I also have my website, which is wsoulwellness.com. I love that. And before we wrap up, it, did you choose that name because you said at the beginning you used to be a wild little girl? Yeah, I think I just with being multifaceted and being a little bit everywhere, I just I I wild the word wild is something that it very much resonates with me. And so when I came up with the business name, it was just like that felt so right. <laughs> mm, it's so good. I love it. 
Well, Christine, thank you so much for being on the Visionary Life thank podcast. You. I feel like so much of your journey is going to resonate with a lot of the listeners and um, we'll have to have you back one day to chat more about your programs and your offerings as they evolve and change. So for sure. thank you for thank being you so on much. the show. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So if you could help me out by rating and reviewing this show on your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Kelsey Rydell. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I would love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.